Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. We talked about the Steelers' free agent additions at the end of the last week, but we also need to talk about what where they stand now as far as what the, what the rules have allowed them to set up in this NFL draft. We'll talk about trade possibilities for Omar Khan. We'll also talk about more top 30 visits that have happened or have at least been scheduled that we know and what it says about their plans at two key offensive positions. Right here on the North Shore Drive podcast, it's your host Chris Carter, joined today by Ray Fittipato here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. It's going to be a fun one. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello, welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Ray Fittipato, one of our esteemed Steelers beat writers here. We're, of course, doing this show Monday, Wednesday, Friday for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can find this on all podcasting platforms. You can also find this on the Post-Gazette's YouTube page, where we're breaking things down. We have daily content coming out there. But again, this show is Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Thanks again for joining us here on Monday. Ray, we're back in action here. Um, and we talked about some of the free agent moves. It kind of falls in line with what the Steelers have been doing, getting experienced veterans bringing them to positions of need where they had to fill roster spots and they've kind of continued to fill out the depth chart but one thing we've been, we've been asking Omar Khan about are, you know has been the pot- the potential of trades and we've talked a lot about trading back so far on this show because of how deep this class is and how good it would be to get uh, get like more than a few day two picks guys that are second round third round projections here but what about the possibility do you think it's a realistic possibility um, that the Steelers do a tra- actually trade up this year with the ammunition that they put together because they've gotten a lot of depth pieces in free agency. Would this be the year for them to be aggressive and say, let's go get one of those top 10, top 12 picks in the, in the NFL draft? Yeah, I mean, I, I think when you look at stuff like that, um, you know, with Omar Khan being in his first year as GM, Andy Weidel, his first year as assistant GM, I think it's worth noting that um, there's kind of an un- unknown there, right? I mean, the way Kevin Colbert did things that, you know, he would move up. Um, you know, I want to say he did it three times, Chris. He all, he did it for Devin Bush, did it for San Antonio, uh, and he also did it for Troy Polamalu. So, mm-hmm. you know, once every six, seven years during his tenure, he pulled the trigger on something like that. So I would say what Omar has told us is everything is on the table. Um, I wouldn't close the door on the idea, but as we've been talking about for the last several weeks, really since the season ended, is they still have a lot of needs to fill. And what they've done in free agency um, is nice, but a lot of those guys are on short-term contracts. They still need to um, retool with, with some younger players and do what they always do in draft and develop. And I think when you're set up the way they're set up with four picks um, in the top 80, I think they're set up to do that. So I'm definitely not closing the door on the idea. Um, but uh, I think if if they were to do it, it would have to be a special, special player that they feel really, really strongly about. And, um, 
you know, this this is a good draft, but I don't know if this draft is filled with guys who um, are like generational types of players, right? I think this class is known more for its depth. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, again, I think it's really, really important to note with Omar Khan in charge that uh, we're still trying to figure out exactly the way he's going to do things. And with him only being on the job for what, nine months or so, uh, there's still a lot to a lot to learn about how the way he operates. And, and I guess, yeah, it, right. It's that new clean slate that we don't know how he operates. It's also, you know, we've seen him, you know, already make some trades. You know, he, he made a big trade to get the, you know, take playful off the team, getting the 32nd overall pick of this draft class. So that's going to be, um, I think that's that's going to be very interesting to follow, to see, like, you know, how does he follow that up? Does he get aggressive in, in moving up? You talked about generational uh, prospects there. Are there any guys that you have your eye that you think are potentially generational guys that would be within reach, or is this only like there's only like five of those guys and they're going to be gone far yeah. before it's reasonable for the Steelers to trade up? Yeah, I mean the quarterbacks, of course. You know, you're probably going to have what three in the top five. I would say probably four in the top ten. Mm-hmm. I think you take those guys out of the equation, right? So when you after that, I think that if you look at what all the draft analysts have said, Jalen Carter is the best player in this class. He's got the highest grade, but there's also off-field issues that teams are investigating right now. So, you know, could he drop to – let's say he drops out of the top ten, Chris. Um, if there's a team out there that did their homework and they're convinced that, uh, you know, that, that they could work with him, then sure, maybe, maybe that would be a possibility for a trade-up with the Steelers. But, you know, other guys, I think um, – you know, Christian Gonzalez is probably the top corner in this class. I don't know if he's worth trading up for, especially when this corner class is so deep, right? I mean, I, mm. you know, uh, you know, other defensive linemen, I don't really see that guy. I think Lucas Van Ness would be a great fit for the Steelers, but I don't know that he's a slam dunk future all pro, right? I mean, it's it's so hard to tell. So, you know, I think Jalen Carter is the one guy that, um, you know, could be a multi-time you know, all pro type of player in this class, but there's a lot, a lot of homework teams are doing right now just because of, you know, some of the off-field issues that he's, um, you know, been dealing with. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly that's certainly part of it there. He also didn't have a great pro day after he didn't compete at the Combine because of, you know, his off-the-field situations. Um, and, and it does seem like the, the legal situations aren't that serious. It's just like, you know, there were some misunderstandings, and that's kind of moved past that. But now you have to look at how, you, how ready is this guy going to be. Um, now, Kirby Smart is going to be – has been championing in him and saying, like, you know, hey, you know, he's been going through some things, but this kid is always prepared to, to play on the field. So, you know, Jalen Carter is one of those guys that you do wonder how far does he fall, you know, if he, if he falls if he falls at all, because, you know, teams may still be just like, looking, look, that guy's a behemoth. We've seen what he can do. Right. We want him in the top five there. But if he does fall, I think one – it pushes up other guys sooner. Like there's teams, there's teams like the Cardinals who pick early in this draft in the top five, and they're not taking a quarterback, not with Kyler Murray there. So then, if they don't take a Jalen Carter, maybe they take a Tyree Wilson, maybe they take a Will Anderson, maybe they take a Christian Gonzalez or a Devin Witherspoon. And I think that changes up a little bit of the process as far as who's who's looking at what different positions. And again, then this this is where you know it also becomes interesting for the Steelers because. If there's that rush of say four quarterbacks in the top ten, and then there's you know then there's Jalen Carter and there's 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 those couple of Ed rushers and maybe a top corner or two, then it becomes the Steelers like, do you have to move up 
because then the guy that you're that the, the guys that you kind of slated for yourself that you think are the guys that, that are the big puzzle pieces moving forward what if those guys naturally fall to you and you don't have to be that aggressive? You know, when we talked like the last time they traded up with Devin Bush, there were two off ball linebackers that everyone knew. These are the two guys that if you wanted to start it right now, these are your best right. shots. There was Devin White, Devin Bush, Devin White got picked. They traded up, got Devin Bush at 10th, 10th overall. There's not that like, they, there's not a position that they need right now where right. I think there's only two guys where it's you hit them or you're toast this year. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, you bring up a great point about Devin Bush. Um, you know, the Steelers obviously thought that he was a special player. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was an injury aspect of it too, but it just turns out that he wasn't that guy. Right. Uh, go back to 2011, Chris, Cam Hayward, number 31 mm-hmm. overall pick, uh, three-time first-team All-Pro. You can make arguments that he probably should have been, you know, at least a five-time All-Pro. T.J. Watt, the number 28 overall pick. 27 teams passed on perhaps the greatest edge rusher of his generation. So I guess the point is that you never really know who those special guys are going to be. A lot of it is, you know, what kind of work do you put in after you drafted? Are you happy you got that money or are you a self-driven guy who just wants to be great? You know, TJ Watt obviously wasn't the the most talented player um, edge rusher in that draft, but he's turned out to be that guy because he wants it so bad because he's got that special drive inside of him. And he just, you know, he, he works toward his, towards his goals. And, um, you know, so that's where like scouting and being an excellent GM, that's where all that stuff um, comes into play. So we could talk about it, generational talent, all we want, um, you know, top 10 guys, but in the end, you can find those special players throughout the first round. It really just comes down to, the little gritty details that your scouts do on the road, finding out these little details about these players. And, um, you know, that's how guys like Cam Hayward and that's all guys like TJ Watt get drafted late in the first round, um, yeah. you know, instead of earlier in, in, in the first round. Absolutely. We get, we're going to keep an eye watch and we're going to keep talking about the different prospects who could fall or who should be the Steelers be jumping up for in, in, in a lot of different things here. But I also want to talk about some of these top 30 visits that Ray's been keeping track of here as he's been going to the Steelers facility every day, checking out who's who's stopping in, who's stopping in. And we're going to talk about who, who's uh, been the latest ones added to the Steelers list here. But before we do any of that, we'd love to talk to you guys about day, GameTime.co. GameTime.co, of course, is the number one way to get tickets right now for any of it. Not just sports, but also music, comedy, theater, anything that you're looking to a big event, this is your chance to get killer deals on last-minute tickets and get their best price best price guarantee so that you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have. If you download the Game Time app right now, it allows you to book tickets at the last minute if you didn't pl- play it plan far out in advance. Sometimes that happens to me as a sports writer. Sometimes we, we get things at the last minute. We're like, man, I didn't think I'd be free at this time. And then, oh, there's this event I want to hit up, but these tickets are really expensive. This is where GameTime.co comes in for you because if you see something at the last minute they're going to find you the best price guaranteed there's exclusive flash deals on tickets for football games basketball games baseball games concerts comedy events theater events there's a lot of different things it's a wide variety of things that you can get with gametime.co and the game time guarantee means you always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and same row for less at the same event game time will credit you back 110 percent of the difference that's how confident they are they're going to get you the best price for those tickets so snag the tickets without stress with game time you can download the game time app create an account and when you do use code p-i-t-t 
pit for $20 off your first purchase or go to their website, gametime.co. Terms apply, create an account and redeem code P-I-T-T, PIT, all capital letters, all one word, for $20 off. Download Game Time today, last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Llegaron los Pro Paint Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specrite para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Back here in the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato, continuing to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Now, Ray, one, you know, we, we've talked about a few top 30 visits. We talked about Joey Porter and, and a few other guys, but the Steelers also brought in Cody Mock, offensive tackle from North Dakota State, who a lot of people really like this this year as far as a prospect. He's te- he, he tested very well when it came when it came to things. People have been, you know, he had a really good senior bowl week. Um, a lot of people have talked about, you know, the, the, the potential that he has there um, at, at the position. But there's also some that feel like maybe he's more of a, 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 an interior offensive lineman because because of his abilities and how he kind of plays and how aggressive he he can be there um but i I just i wonder here though is cody mock the 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 top option here if you're waiting after that second that that first wave of offensive tackles and does it also give more confidence to a offensive tackle because like we've been talking about with corners and other positions if peter skaronsky broderick jones um, and Paris Johnson Jr., the guys who are kind of all heralded as the top three of this class, are gone before 17. The Steelers may be looking at Darnell Wright or some, someone like that at 17, but Cody Monk, he reads more like a guy that could fit in the second round, and he has a 6'5", uh, 6'5 height, which is what you which is what you want um, at, at, at the tackle position. Um, he weighs 302, had a decent broad jump. He moves very well. Um, but with that athleticism, some teams are thinking about bumping him inside. Where does Cody Mock rank for you as far as where you would take him if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers? Would it be 32, 49, or even later? Yeah, I mean, once you get into the second round, Chris, it's really just a matter of what the grade you have on him. I agree he's not – you know, in play at 17, but he could be in play at 32. Mm. Traditionally, uh, if you go back and look through NFL drafts, a lot of the interior offensive linemen, centers, and guards do come off like in that top half of the second round. Um, um, so, it, you know, it, it would say, hey, do wh- where do the Steelers think Cody Mock fits in? Do they believe he's a guard or a center? Do they actually believe um, that he's a tackle? I mean, he's a really interesting prospect. Went to North Dakota State as a tight end, and then he transitioned to tackle. He's a really good athlete. Um, so, the like, the feet are there. The footwork is there. Um, but there are some questions about length, right, his, his arm length. Yeah. There are certain standards that some teams have where you have to have a certain arm length to, to play tackle in the NFL. And, uh, you know, Mock would be, you know, kind of right there, maybe a little bit below that. That's why a lot of people are speculating – um, you know, that he could bump inside the center or guard. And he played almost exclusively inside at senior bowl week. He had a few reps outside, but it seems like the majority of teams in the NFL spoke up and said, let's let's see this guy inside. Let's see what he can do. So, um, you know, we talked about this, I think, last week or two weeks ago. 
Steelers brought in John Michael Schmitz. Osiris Torrance is coming in. Um, Steve Avila is coming in eventually. I'm not sure if it's going to happen this week or, or 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 two weeks from now. But they are still looking at interior offensive linemen. So, um, like like we talked about uh, trading up, don't close the door on a center or guard either, even though they've been um, you know hammering that that position during free agency. Um, so I, I don't know where the Steelers view mock. My gut tells me that they probably view him as a guard. But, um, again, I, I think the Steelers love versatility. Every NFL team loves versatility. And this is probably the most versatile offensive lineman in this draft. That's where it's going to be interesting because, like you said, with the interior offensive lineman, you think they'd be done there. Last year they signed James Daniels, and he really worked out. They also signed Mason Cole. I think he really worked out. They've gotten Isaac Samalo and uh, Nate Herbig. So you you got four guys that you've signed in free agency both between this year and last year on top of Kevin Dotson being in that mix. And you think like, okay, maybe they don't need to necessarily add to that right away. You can still maybe add to it in the later rounds. But if you're talking about Mock, Osiris, Torrance, um, guys like that, you know, you're talking about in the first three picks that you're making this year, probably making a move to go get one of those types of players. And that's intriguing to me because then what do you do with a James Daniels? Do you bump him over to center and, and, and bump down Mason Cole? Um, you know, what do you do with, you know, where's Isaac Samal fitting in? Where's Herbig fit in this? Where's Dotson fit into this? And we all, I think we've all kind of collectively assumed Dotson's probably out of the picture as far as a starter with the signings that they have. But now it's like, man, if, if you if, if they drafted another interior offensive lineman, I mean, at this point, you're, you're thinking Dotson's going to be maybe third or fourth, fifth on 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 the list of, of, of those guys. And so now you're now you're going to be challenging that. And again, you're also when you're drafting that player, you're not drafting an offensive tackle unless they do double down. Like, say they go get a Darnell right in the first round and then they get one of these interior guys we're talking about in the second round. And then you're I mean, this is a complete overhaul of the offensive line. Is that in the cards here for the Steelers, or do you see them more so getting one new top lineman with all the other additions that they've made in free agency so far? Yeah, I mean, I could see them just taking one offensive lineman. Um, and you have to remember, sometimes, you know, with these top 30 visits, um, it's just about doing your due diligence. And, you know, if any of these guys coming through, you don't draft them, maybe, you know, four years from now in free agency, you know small little details that, um, you know whether you want to work with them in the future or not. So, you know, that's part of it, too. I, I think, you know, with these top 30 visits, Chris, you know, there are some years where the Steelers will draft four guys who came in for visits, right? You can go back and look. People people on the, uh, on the web keep track of, you know, who they draft and who was in those years. And there are other years where there's just nobody gets picked who was in here for a visit. Maybe one guy gets picked, you know, so – it's different every year, but it's just interesting to me that they are bringing in so many interior offensive linemen. What it tells me is um, they're—I don't want to say they're happy with the progress that was made the second half of the year. I'm sure that is comforting in some ways, but I think their view of long-term what this offensive line is going to look like. Um, I think those guys aren't even in Steelers uniforms yet, right? I think Andy Weidel loves big guys. Um, and I think if he's got a chance to upgrade, he will. I don't think he'll um, think twice about it. And hey, maybe maybe you could flip one of those free agents you signed last year, right? That's always in the cards. None of those guys 
Hmm. Crazy deals, right? I think Mason Cole is making five million a year. James Daniels, eight million a year. You know, if that's in the cards, if you can upgrade, if you think you're upgrading and somebody needs a veteran, maybe you flip one of those guys and then you, you know, continue to rebuild your offensive line. So, um, you know, take the top 30 visits with a grain of salt. I'm just really paying att- attention to the number of t- interior guys who are coming in. And uh, to me, it's just something to keep note of and, you know, kind of see where it goes. I think that is very interesting. I hadn't even pondered on the idea that one of those one of those one of those guys from last year could be traded away and and bring bringing more uh, draft capital there. That would be very intriguing. The idea of that look at Ray for the Pato, like bringing in the bringing in the, the the outside thoughts that we are thinking out the box here. But I I guess that's again that's what we have to do with Omar Khan. We don't know what they're what you know how they're going to approach this. And sure, like he, this guy worked with Kevin Colbert for twenty years. He, he's he's been part of the Steelers organization. But him and Andy Wild, this is their show now, and they want to set the tone. I'd be very intrigued to see if that's one of their moves is maybe moving on from one of their interior guys and trying to get more draft capital to spend in this year's draft class or in future draft classes to try to you know continue to get younger build through the draft which we know that has always been a Steelers philosophy and I think that will all that I think that will continue that part won't change I want to talk about another position that they've been bringing in here on the offensive side of the ball for th- top 30 visits we'll do that in a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast Chris Carter Ray Fittipato will be right back Back here in the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipaldo breaking things down on the Pittsburgh Steelers and some of their top 30 visits. Ray, they've also been bringing in wide receivers here uh, on some of their top 30 visits. Jonathan Mingo uh, of Mississippi, uh, Mississippi State, that guy, or excuse me, Ole Miss, uh, right. but, uh, he, he he came in for a visit. But they've also now brought in Charlie Jones, and that's a those guys are two different types of receivers. Mingo, more of a bigger guy. He's 6'3". He's physically, he can, he can run a bit, but he's also the kind of guy that can go up and get a ball. Then Charlie Jones, a little bit smaller, not tiny. He's 5'11", but he's he's faster. He's going he's gonna to be able to, guy that can work in a slot, be a little bit quicker there um, and more explosive. And then this is where I think it gets also gets a little bit more interesting when you look at the different types of receivers they're looking at. You and I have, to, have talked about, you know, the, the current situation in the Steelers wide receiver room. You have Deontay Johnson. You know he's paid. He's going to be sticking around most likely. George Pickens, uh, you know, he had a really good first year. Let's see how he bu- builds upon it. Calvin Austin, the speedster, who they never got to see, you know, be a speedster because he was hurt in training camp and never recovered. So now you have those three guys. They lost Steven Sims. They still have General Shevsky. Um, they, they have some options there. But still, you think that they'd want to add to this room. Is the move here, do you think, adding a guy that's a different type of receiver than they have? Like, if they go and get that big physical wide receiver, you know, like a Mingo or like a, like a Cedric Tillman or, so, or someone like that out there from Tennessee, that that's the guy that they that they gave, that they traded away in Chase Claypool. They also, you know, they uh, Juju Smith-Schuster went willing to the Chiefs and then now being signed by the Patriots. They've been, they, they, they don't have that guy anymore. Pickens can win jump balls, but he's not big, thick, and physical as far as that bigger slot option. Is that the, the kind of target here, or are they going to just be open to going for, hey, if you can catch the ball, if you can get open, we're going to be getting you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what I would do is I would get that bigger slot possession type of guy. But there's, there's two ways you can look at this, Chris. You know, one is as long as Matt Canada is this team's offensive coordinator, you're probably going to need guys like Calvin Austin um, to be that quote-unquote gadget type of player, that small guy who can run the jet sweeps and 
um, um, you know, do some work near the line of scrimmage and have that that catch and run ability. Um, so do you stockpile guys like that because you don't know if Calvin Austin is going to be durable or do you go the other direction and say, okay, Matt Canada is under contract for one more year. Uh, we just got to think long-term about who the best players are. We got to get the best players in here. And we don't really care about, um, you know, uh, Matt Canada's offense. So, um, you know, that, that's the interesting kind of sidebar to this conversation. This is a make it break it year for Matt Canada, right? So do you, do you go out and do everything you can as a GM to, to ensure that he has the pieces he needs, or do you just start thinking about the future and say, Hey, we just got to get good football players in here. Um, if there's a six to 200 pound possession slot who has a higher grade than a five, nine hundred and eighty pound um, Calvin Austin type of player, we just got to take the better player. That's probably some of the, you know, gymnastics that they're, they're going through right now. So, um, for me, I thought they missed like that Juju Smith-Schuster type of slot last year. So that's the way I would go. But um, listen, you know, Andy Wido and, and Omar Khan and Mike Tallman are going to have the final call on that. They certainly are. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what kind of weapon they want to get for Kenny Pickett as far as the, the priority in this Matt Canada offense. Because like you said, you know, we're, st- we're still looking to see what a good passing off a good offense is for Matt Canada you know neither neither of his years have really produced much that have been you know suggested that hey this is going to work out uh for for the Steelers offense right now and certainly they've had some sparks you know we saw them at the late part later part of the season the run game started to come alive um you know they made some really good late pushes in games to win in big in clutch moments um but you still you haven't seen the complete offensive game and and especially the offensive passing game with the opportunities that have been there And, and if you're the Steelers you know, yeah, sure. You have Najee Harris, you have Pat Fryer, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens. You're hoping for Calvin Austin, and, and you got pieces there. But that's why I do think it should. It is definitely going to be in play to get another offensive playmaker and early. Like you know, I wouldn't rule it out in the top three picks either. I, I also think they can wait on that position for you know on that type of player since they need offensive line and they're trying to revamp the defense. But if you get another playmaker, it puts you in a position where you know, say they draft a really good receiver this year and they hit on that, and George Pickens continues to grow, then they're in a position where you know, in a couple of years when Deontay Johnson's contract is out then they don't necessarily have to pay him again big money. And if they have two guys that they're really confident about who are who are on their rookie deals, and they can still draft another young wide receiver. And uh, also, again, we're not factoring in the Calvin Austin factor. So th- this could be, again, part of the position that the Steelers want to put themselves in to have security across the board because, you know, we've talked about how the Steelers, you know, have a chance right now to strike while Kenny, they're not paying Kenny Pickett franchise quarterback money, presuming he grows into being that franchise quarterback. They could also be the player to make sure that, hey, you know, let's find guys that are going to put us in positions where we don't have to pay that position as much, you know, in the next two, three years as we're starting to have to pay other guys like Najee Harris, like Pat Frymuth, and eventually Kenny Pickett. Yeah, Chris, they they love to uh, get receivers in the second or third rounds. That was a Kevin Colbert go-to. Mm-hmm. We'll see if Omar Khan and Andy Weidel feel the same way. You're always going to want to surround your franchise quarterback with as many weapons as possible. Um, th- to me, the interesting thing about this way that Steelers' offensive built, is built um, is you're building a running game, right? We've seen that with the drafting of Najee Harris. We've seen it with the moves in free agency, bringing in those interior offensive linemen. Um, so you're set with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. 
Pat Fryermuth is really your number three receiver, right? Right when you when you break it down in terms of targets, he was your number three guy last year. So do you think Calvin Austin is going to be that that solid number four guy that you need, or is he more of a gadget type of guy that you're really going to, not going to count on for a lot of downfield stuff? So I agree with you. You know, they did not address it in free agency, so they're probably going to address it in the top four rounds of the draft. So now is is it 32? Is it 49? Is it 80 or is it 120? You know, I tend to think it's going to be 80 or 120. Mm-hmm. I think they'll probably wait because, you know, you don't need like a number one or a number two, right? Um, so I, I think you could probably wait till the third round or fourth round. But um, given the Steelers' history and, and the way um, the NFL is today with with the passing game, don't be surprised if they take a receiver in the second round either. you got two picks in the second round. One to sort of play with because of that trade. So um, I wouldn't rule that out either. Lots of options here. But again, I think the bottom line here, Ray, is the Steelers have so much on the table that they, we are not able to lock in on any one position right now. I'm going to keep saying that until the draft happens. You know, someone's, we, we were all making predictions. There's a million mock drafts every week that everyone's going to pick. So someone's going to say, oh, I was right. But you, I don't think you can sit here right now and say that Steelers are definitely picking X player with, you know, and, and put all your chips onto that and say this is definitely the one thing that is happening this year because, again, the way they've approached free agency – They've so they've solidified a lot of the depth on the roster, at least temporarily, with some of these contracts that they've they've offered, and they put themselves in a position where they could go get an offensive tackle or an, or a cornerback or a defensive lineman or a linebacker or a tight end or a wide receiver or any position they 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 deem important right now. Again, I think that is a position of strength that the Steelers have put themselves in. Absolutely, what they've done in free agency puts them in a position where they don't have to reach for any specific player or really, Chris, any specific uh, position in this draft. And I think that's a very good position to be in as we're, what, uh, 20-some days here in yep. uh, 2023 NFL draft. So uh, Omar Khan has done a good job to this point in the first part of the offseason. Obviously, the draft is the biggest part of the offseason, and uh, that's eventually how he's um, his first season is going to be remembered. And I know he's doing everything he can right now um, you know, to put the homework in, uh, to make this draft uh, a memorable one because um, this is the way his team's going to be built. His first draft is going to be very important, and I think that's what you're going to see here in a few weeks. Absolutely, Ray. We'll talk We'll talk more with you very soon here on the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Thanks, Ray, again for joining us. Keep tuning with us. We'll be back Wednesday talking more Pittsburgh sports right here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Again, I'm your host, Chris Carter. You can find the show Monday, Wednesday, Friday on all things, uh, and you can find all, us every day covering here things on different uh, – sorry, my AirPods just fell out. There we go. Uh, but uh, you can find us again, this this YouTube channel, this podcasting app, um, all these all these different things. Are you can available every day is content coming off of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. This show, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We'll be back Wednesday with more right here on Pittsburgh Sports, right here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive Podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description. Thank you. 
Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. 